Today on the show, we're talking to one of my good friends that you probably know about his journey on YouTube and his advice on getting started with something you love. This is Life After Sight Loss Radio, Episode 71. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast helping you discover life after sight loss. My name is Derek Daniel. I am your host and resident VIP, a.k.a. visually impaired person. Hey, if you're new to the program, welcome aboard. This is the place where we do product reviews. We talk life advice, encouragement, emotional support, relationships, technology, and so much more, all with the express purpose of helping individuals and families who are going through or facing physical sight loss. Thank you so much for joining me this week. We're going to have a great time because today I'm talking to my good buddy from YouTube. That's right. It's my good buddy, Sam from The Blind Life. Yes, we're going to talk about his recent uh, momentous success on YouTube. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about his advice on getting started both on YouTube and in something that you love. Share some stories, some laughs, just some good stuff. We've got a great discussion for you. I know you're going to enjoy it. It's a little longer than my usual podcasts, but hey, when I talk to somebody, I'm pretty relational, so I got to talk to him for a long time. That's just, you know, that's just how it goes. So we got a good one coming up. But before we jump into all of it, of course, you can find today's show notes at lifeaftersightloss.com slash 07. Show notes includes links, and this week's links to all of Sam's stuff, YouTube, uh, Facebook, uh, you know, other stuff on the internet. All links to Sam's stuff and links to everything else we talk about. Um, It includes ways to subscribe, ways to get connected, all that stuff. So make sure you hop on over and find those show notes at lifeaftersightloss.com slash 071. So as I said, my good buddy Sam from YouTube recently had a great success, and I'm going to let him tell you about that here in just a minute, but I thought, you know what, maybe I should have him on the show to talk about that, and uh, as well as the technical aspects of YouTube sort of getting started, how he got started, how long he's been doing it, and just the idea of reaching your goals, you know, when it seems like, wow, sight loss has stripped them all away. So I've got a great discussion with him. I don't want to ramble on too much because, well, I ramble plenty in this discussion. So without further ado, let's jump into it. My conversation with Sam Seavey. Well, joining me today is a friend of the podcast, somebody who's been here a few times, but it's been a while, so we got to have him back. It's my good buddy from The Blind life on YouTube. That's right, your friend and mine, Sam CV. Hey Sam, how's it going today? Hey Derek, uh, doing pretty well. I sound a little rough, but but I'm feeling good <laughs> and I'm excited about doing this with you today. Awesome. Yeah, you sound a little little bassy, a little uh, Barry White for us. <laughs> I know. I, I, you didn't know you were you were interviewing a, a jazz singer or a, an R&B superstar. <laughs> hello, right. hello, baby. <laughs> nobody, nobody knew. It's... <laughs> It's great. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, um, hopefully we'll make it through and uh, your voice won't give out on us too much. So uh, today we've got Sam here on the podcast because Sam on YouTube has recently reached a pretty big milestone, at least in my opinion, on YouTube. And I wanted to talk to him about it today. So Sam, why don't you give us an idea of that big milestone that you reached and what it meant to you? Yeah, it's pretty cool. We hit finally hit 10,000 subscribers and you know, I I mentioned it in the video for that event that you never expect that it's ever going to happen. And and when especially when I started, you know, I didn't 
intend for this to kind of turn into what it has and i'm i'm incredibly thankful but you never at the beginning you never expect oh i can't wait till i hit 10,000 subscribers or 1 million subscribers you just you know you just started out as something fun to do or or something to kill some time but it was it was truly incredible and you know like i also said in the video i couldn't have done it without all the the subscribers and the people watching and coming back every week to see my ridiculous face spout on about accessibility and visual impairment (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's so true and and i think that that is the key like you said those people showing up each and every week spreading the word that sort of thing because ten thousand is a big number especially for uh i would say we have pretty niche channels you know like we're not Mm -hmm. doing pranks or you know (laughs) funny cat videos or whatever we have a pretty niche audience and to see them show up every week i i think it's got to be a huge honor yeah. Although, you know what? Pranks. That's something we should probably think about. I think that is a uh, missed opportunity. The visually impaired pranking the uh, sighted population. I think that's great. We could blow up. Actually, that's probably true. That's fair enough. Well, uh, if you're listening and you like that idea, let me know and uh, we'll see if Sam and I can't work something out. <laughs> All right. So, Sam, you mentioned, you know, when you started this thing, you don't think about it going into what it is. So let's go back to when you started this thing. When did you get your start on YouTube? Well, uh, it seems like forever ago. Um, I've been doing it for five years now. It was December. I was right at the end of 2013. So um, and I just like I said, I've, I've told this story before. I at the time I was making I was working on another YouTube channel and that was kind of winding down and. I wanted. Uh, I was actually one day just searching on YouTube for Stargardt's disease, which is my vision impairment, and I didn't really find much at the time. A lot of medical uh, videos talking about the disease and that sort of thing, um, but not a lot of real life people living with it day to day videos and channels. And so I, I thought, well, hey, I should I should make one of my own, kind of share my story and uh, talk about. Life as a visually impaired person with low vision and, you know, the, the technology that I use and the tips and tricks and the little the little hacks, the blind hacks that I do every day that help, um, you know, help me out. And uh, like I said, it was very slow at first. Just whenever I thought of something, I would make a video. There was definitely no schedule at the beginning. Um, and it just I just kept plugging away at it. And it very, very slowly grew. And that's, that's one thing to, to let people know. And unless you do have one of these channels, like a gaming channel, or you, you know, you put out a video that goes viral and you get a lot of attention, uh, all at once, it, it is a very slow process. It's, it's exponential growth. So the more you, the more viewers you get, the more subscribers you get, the faster you get those subscribers. Uh, but it is a it's definitely a trickle right there at the beginning uh, and takes a while to grow. So you said that, you know, you just started out, you put a video out when you thought about it. You're, oh, here's a topic. I'll do this. No schedule, yeah. no real sort of thought process behind it, for, per se. So when did you sort of make a small shift into, OK, well, I'm doing this thing and now I'm getting a few subscribers. Maybe I should kind of not necessarily take it super seriously, but a little more. When did that sort of shift come for you? It really wasn't that long ago. Um, I would say 2016, 2017 is generally when I started to 
think about putting out posting on a regular schedule. Uh, I, did, I was doing research on how to grow a channel. And one of the things that a lot of people say is consistency. Uh, you know, viewers, it's much like watching TV on a network channel, ABC, NBC. You know, you expect, oh, your favorite show is going to be on every Monday night at 8 p.m. So that's where I know I that's I know I need to turn you know, turn on the station at 8 p.m. I'm going to watch my show. So it's very similar on YouTube. People like consistency. They like to know when videos are going to be uploaded. Uh, so schedule is very important. So it's probably, yeah, it's probably late 2016 when I, when I decided to try and nail down a more consistent schedule. So how did people respond to you over the five years? Did you have um, obviously, you know, the bigger you get, the more, I don't know, the more people eyes you have on the product, if you will. But right. how did people respond to you over the years? Have you had the good, the bad and everything in between? I've had overwhelmingly good. Um, very, very positive. It's an amazing community. I'm sure you know that by now as well. Um, there, of course, there's some haters, uh, you know, there's, there's always going to be some people that want to push you down and, and, you know, just for the fun of it, especially if they're anonymous on the internet, <laughs> <laughs> So true. type, typing away behind their keyboard in the dark where no one can see what they're, what they really like. But like I said, mostly it's been very positive. You know, you always hear also stories from, from visually impaired people on YouTube that they get the, the, oh, you're faking. Uh, you're not really blind. You're just doing it for attention. Uh, you're just doing it for the views. And I never really got that much, I think, because I was, I've was i always been 100% honest that, yes, I do have some vision. And I think it's also obvious because if you, if you watch my videos, it's clear I'm not looking at the camera because I have a blind spot. So in order for me to actually see the camera, I, I look off to the side. So I try to consciously make an effort to look in the direction of the camera, but oftentimes I don't. And so it's obvious um, that I, I don't I see very well. But like I said, I've, I've gotten some negatives, but overwhelmingly it's been very, very positive. Well, and, and that's so true. I think that's been for me as well, uh, just overwhelmingly positive. Now, mm-hmm. you mentioned that, you know, people see you on YouTube and and some people in the visually impaired community, you know, you get these people coming in and saying, oh, you're faking it or whatever. It is a very visual medium. So I guess the question is, <laughs> why YouTube in regards to putting out stuff for visual impairment? Now, obviously, I know kind of my answer and your, you know, mindset, but for those people listening, why YouTube? Why not, you know, audio or text or something less visual, if you will? That is an excellent question. I don't think I've ever <laughs> put a lot of thought into that. Why indeed? Well, you know, like I said, I, I was making videos for another channel that wasn't visually impaired uh, or vision related at all. And so I've always been a visual artistic kind of person. I actually was kind of on the way to becoming a comic book artist when I was when I was younger and in high school. Of course, slowly the vision kind of messed with that, messed up that those plans. Um, so I like to draw. I used to paint. I, I painted landscapes for a while. Um, I was a cake decorating instructor for a while. So I decorated cakes and it's a, that's a very visual um, mm-hmm. medium. And then I also, I, while many, many years ago, I got a program called uh, Adobe After Effects, which it's a graphic um, editing software. So I, I was making these stupid little videos of, of you know, my house exploding or <laughs> <laughs> my daughter flying through the air and crashing through a wall and, and things like that. Just just those little special effects videos that you make, uh, those terrible, terrible special effects videos, <laughs> <laughs> lasers shooting out of my hands and things like that. And so 
I, I just always enjoyed making videos like that. Um, and so that probably is why I stuck with it. But in terms of YouTube's popularity, you know, if you want to to talk about that as far as why would somebody make videos on YouTube? YouTube is it's the second largest search engine on the planet, uh, second to Google. And mm-hmm. since it is owned by Google, that's why it's second. Um, <laughs> in fact, I know all these these stats because I just did a presentation on this recently. But um, one billion monthly users on YouTube. So one billion people on YouTube a month. It's insane. That's only second to Facebook. Facebook has 2.2 billion so if you're not on Facebook advertising or sharing your content on Facebook, you're definitely missing out. <laughs> I need to be much better about that myself. It's kind of the go-to place for, for a resource and for reference. If, if you need to know information about something, just go to YouTube and search for it. Guaranteed somebody's made a video about it. You know, how does this microphone that I'm talking into work and how was it built? I guarantee you if I searched that, I could find a video on showing how this thing was built. So it's just an un, unlimited Uh, source of information. And that lends itself really well to learning about vision impairment and learning about the tools that we use and things like that. Absolutely. I totally, totally agree. Now, has anybody, have you had any sighted people ask you those kinds of questions? Like, why are you doing videos? Are people just listening? <laughs> like, have you had anybody say that to you? Yeah, yeah, I've gotten, I've gotten that before. And um, it's always seems to be uh, ignorance and not in a negative, like they're stupid. They just don't, they just don't know. Uh, they haven't been taught. So I, I've always tried to respond very politely and, and explain what's going on and, and try to educate them. Um, I've never gotten anybody really that I can think of being super negative and just thrashing me in a comment about that. You know, I have heard other YouTubers or uh, visually impaired people in social media. And in fact, specifically our friend Casey, how Casey sees it. Mm-hmm. She has on Twitter. She went off on this big rant about someone said, well, why are blind people on Twitter? Or why are blind people on Facebook? They can't use phones. They can't use smartphones. <laughs> and she that really <laughs> rubbed her the wrong way. <laughs> and she she had to go on this big education uh, spree, which is great. So you know, I don't, I don't, that I would definitely do the same myself. Uh, and I've had people say that. I've had people just flat out. So are you blind? And um, I totally understand that question too, because people still think the majority of people still think blind is is black and white. You're either you can either see or you can't see at all. Mm-hmm. They don't. They don't realize there's that whole uh, space in the middle that we all fall on. Most of us fall on. I'm fine to explain that to them. I say, well, I, you know, yes, I'm I'm technically blind. I'm not totally blind. I, I do have some vision impairment or some vision left. So I, I see it as an opportunity to to help instruct somebody or help educate somebody. Yes, absolutely. And and really, there's just I mean, ignorance is a, not a mean word. Like if I went into a calculus class, I would be ignorant. Like I I don't know how to do that. <laughs> and so I think education is so important and so key. I had someone ask on social media one time about what's the best phone for a visually impaired person or how can I get a phone for a blind person? And, you know, they just didn't know that there are, you know, built-in things now. And why would mm-hmm. they know? Because they don't have any interaction with blind people. So it's like, well, that's fair. You know, I'm not I'm not mad about it, you know, but it's a great opportunity for education. Right. So switching gears a little bit here, you mentioned about how you look off to the side of the camera and different things like that. So why don't you talk to us a little bit about some of 
of the things you have to do or have to maybe accommodate for because you're visually impaired and producing YouTube videos here? What are some of the things you have to do because of that? One of the main things is trying to see the camera, right? We use, um, generally, most of us use DSLRs of some sort. And whereas they they now, modern cameras have a nice, bright, high-resolution screen on the back, it's still a tiny little screen that is very difficult to see. So I use my magnifier. Uh, you guys have seen it in my videos many, many times. I've got a 10 times uh, little Eschenbach pocket magnifier. It works the best for me, and it has for many, many years. So I use that uh, to see the back of the screens, to line up my shots. I tend to shoot wide so that when I'm editing, I can zoom in and get the um, the shots laid out the way that I want. So a lot of people with good vision, when they are lining up a shot, they can zoom in nice and tight on the subject and get it all done perfectly in camera. And I... I Sometimes I can't do that, so I will do that. I prefer to shoot wide and do that in my editing software. I try to set up the menus and just leave it. You know, that's another thing. Some people will like to change all their settings while they're recording and, you know, and and tweak this and tweak that depending on the shot. And it's too difficult for me to try and do that. So I'll set my settings and then just go with that and hope, (laughs) fingers crossed, that all the shots turn out fine. (laughs) (laughs) And it has burned me many, many times. And I've had to do a lot of work in editing to try and recover that shot because it was overexposed or it was underexposed. So there is a little bit of in the editing process, you just have to be like, oh, it is what it is. I'm putting it out there, even though it looks like garbage. In my opinion, most people are going to think it's fine. (laughs) That's the same about sound, too, on a little side note. My wife, I was she was watching one of my very older, uh, very old videos. And I was just like, oh, it's cringy. The sound was terrible because I was just using no microphone. It was just in camera sound and echoey and terrible and I'm like, oh, the sound is horrible. She's like, it's not that bad. I'm like, oh, yes, it is. <laughs> it is bad. Um, but, you know, most people just don't care about that stuff like like we do as the creator of the content. And then when I'm editing, I use a program that is somewhat low vision friendly. And I have to zoom in. I have to use, you know, the magnifier on the, the, the computer to zoom in. So, of course, it takes me way longer to edit a video than it does um, someone with good sight. So there's little things like that that we have to do to make it easier for us. Yeah, and I totally agree about, you know, you're your own worst critic. Uh, <laughs> many times I'm like, this sounds awful or this looks awful. And my wife's like, it's fine. What do you mean? <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Like, this is terrible. But It's not up to the standards that I, I am putting out. <laughs> that's right. I, I was listening to an old podcast I did years ago, and I was like, why am I talking so slow or why am I'm putting my own self to sleep? This is terrible. <laughs> but sometimes, you know, you just you get better as you go along. And that's kind of the point. When you started, I'm sure if you go back and watch some of your original videos, now you're like, oh, my gosh, compared to what you do now. And that's just yeah. that, you know, learning process. Yeah. And I will mention that that's that's true for everybody. Everybody is like that um, when you start out on YouTube. But if anybody is thinking about starting out on YouTube, I, I always like to tell them you don't have to start out with the thousand dollar camera and the you know three hundred dollar microphone and the lighting equipment and all that you can absolutely start out with your cell phone 
sitting in front of a window so you get some good light and just you know have it propped up on some books i mean you, that's that's how everybody is supposed to start out on youtube and it's totally fine absolutely and i heard a quote once and it said you don't have to be great to start but you do have to start to be great and so yeah, you know exactly just, just this idea of just going for it even if it seems like oh it's going to be difficult or you know i don't have all this fancy stuff and and that sort of thing yes equipment's great and i value and appreciate the equipment i do get to have but i started with my cell phone you know my iphone propped it up and mm-hmm. and that's what you do and that's you know i got a lot of subscribers that way not because the equipment was great but you know, it's the content that's most important. It's what you're saying. It's the message you're putting out there. So you've talked about some of those challenges that you have, you know, editing the video, recording, that sort of thing. Have you ever had a moment where you're like, you know what, forget it. I'm not doing this anymore. Chuck it out the window. I'm just not doing this. Have you ever had that like, I'm done moment? It's more that it's like, I don't have anything to make a video about. I've, you know, I've got almost, I'm, I'm very quickly coming up on 450 videos on my channel. And that is a lot of content. I have hit just about every conceivable topic in the visually impaired world that I can think of, you know. And so there have been stretches of time where it's like, oh, gosh, I don't I just don't have anything to talk about. Nothing new is happening. There isn't any kind of new gadgets or, you know, I've talked about cooking. I've talked about how to see your your shampoo in the shower. I mean, I've talked about everything. So it's more been like that, you know, that I've just, I'm just like, well, I guess, I guess that's it. I'm done. I've reached. <laughs> I've peaked. <laughs> there's nothing else. Yeah, there's nothing else to talk about. The, the cup overfloweth. <laughs> <laughs> I have had some days where I've recorded something twice because something happened and I had to record it again. And then I get to the editing process and halfway through the editing process, I'm just like, this is garbage. Oh, it just is terrible. I just, I, that's it. I'm done. I'm just not putting out anything today because I just, I don't have it in me to continue the, what is, what does they say about insanity is, is the act of doing something over and over again, expecting a different result. Yes. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And that's what it was. It's like, this is crazy. I'm going to go watch Netflix now because I don't want this headache in my life right now. I don't need this stress. Uh, but then after a couple of days, you know, I, I'm like, ooh, I want to talk about this or this something happens and I'm like, ooh, I want to share this. Um, so I've never, never thought, oh, I'm, I'm done for good. Well, how positive of you. That's, <laughs> that's, that's great. Um, so you've got this whole YouTube thing and obviously, uh, you know, you've got a great message out there. People find you, they watch you, they learn lots of great information, you know, then they hear about me and they come watch my stuff too. So thank you. No, they, <laughs> yeah. you know, but they, they've see this stuff and it helps them to feel like, wow, I'm, I'm not alone. And there's somebody out there who's doing this technology and who's living their life, who has a job, who, you know, has a family, that sort of thing. So what other than just sort of YouTube, let's kind of shift gears here a little bit. Other than just YouTube, what kind of things have you found yourself like do you throw yourself into? And it doesn't have to be a bunch of stuff, but do you have a hobby or something else besides sort of putting content out that you do either for yourself or for your family or something like that? No, no, not at all. <laughs> YouTube is da-da, all. Da-da, da-da. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you, folks. There's one thing about me, it, it, it drives my family crazy, is I like to start new hobbies and I do it for a little while, and then I get bored, and I move on to something else. Oh my gosh, we could be brothers. That's t- <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I, I've thought that many times, man. We got a lot in common. That's but, right. Um, <laughs> I 
it's it's my whole life. It's been like this. Um, I learned how to play guitar in high school, and I got I, I focused on that for a long time. And you know, every single day I'd have a guitar in my hand, just just playing something. And a lot of these hobbies, now that I think about it, a lot of them are formed around the idea of this makes me look cool. <laughs> People are gonna <laughs> like me because of yes. this. And it's it's my shallow self esteem. Um, but. After a while, I kind of faded away from the guitar. Um, and then I, like I said, I, I used to draw and I would draw all the time. And I would, I like to do a hobby until I got pretty good at it. And then I would be like, okay, check it off the list, move on to something else. Um, so I got to where I was really good at drawing and, and I could draw just about anything I wanted to. Um, I thought, and then I used to love watch, watching Bob Ross paint oh, yeah. when I was a kid. So I thought, I'm going to learn how to do landscape paintings. And so I started that and um, got pretty good at that and then just kind of faded away from that. I mean, at one time before my daughter was born in what became her nursery, it was my studio, my painting studio. And I had string strung up from one wall to the other and I would have paintings drying on it with clothespins hanging on the string drying, oil (laughs) paintings. And it was it was maddening. You know, you couldn't even walk in there without stepping in paint or something. So um, (laughs) (laughs) I stopped that. And then let's see, what else have I done? Um, Well, well, the cake decorating, too. I kind of got into that and got obsessed with that for a while. Uh, I don't really have any obsessive. Actually, YouTube is my obsession right now. (laughs) Growing the channel. That's my obsession. And I'm actually going to be making a video about this, too, about celebrating your successes because that's very important. We tend to dwell on the negatives. I can't do this. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Well, let's focus on the things that we can do and the, the things that we can do awesomely. And so one of the things that I've done over the last couple of years is my wife and I, um, my daughter's in theater and she she's in her middle school theater and she's really big into drama and she's in all the productions. And so my wife and I have kind of become known as the prop makers for the productions. And my wife actually makes all the posters and the advertisement for the productions. And I, along with her help, make the props. And so I've I've gotten really good at making foam swords, and um, I had to make a a really old gnarled walking staff for um, the boatman of the River Styx for a a Greek mythology play that they did last year, and I made this really gnarled thing and it walking staff, and it had a, it lit up in the the top there, you know, to make it extra cool. Oh, cool. Yeah, and um, it looked like this old piece of wood and stuff, and I just I just made it all from scratch. And um, like I said, I've made swords, and like in fact, right now sitting on my kitchen table is all the makings for we're making twelve uh, Roman style swords for this big battle scene that they're having at the end of the month. And <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's one of those things. It's like I can do that. You know, no, I can't see well enough to see the detail and all that, but I can I can do it all by feel and and you know and I I just sat down and figured out well how how do you make a sword out of foam? All right, yeah, I can do that. Let's try it. And it turned out pretty good. And 
people want me to do more of it. So oh. I'm celebrating my success in that way. <laughs> that's awesome. I, uh, your theater parents. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I guess then, as you talked about some of those things that you started, stopped, and or maybe you know did for a while. Why YouTube? Why has it continued this long? You know, over the five years and the ten thousand plus subscribers. Why do you think it's it's held on this long for you? It's absolutely, definitely been the community, um, the the people watching and the the positive response. You know, you get that email that someone says, thank you so much. Your videos have changed my life. You know, I, I lost my vision recently and I didn't know what I was going to do, but I watched your videos and, you know, I, learning about all this technology and it's helped me out so much. Or, you know, thanks to your videos, I was able to get the things that I needed to go back to work. It's, it's all of those emails and all of those comments from the community that keep me going. Even the little mundane things. Like, you know, we did that video. You did a video about the Keurig and I did a video about the Keurig. And it's one of those things. It's like people probably use a Keurig all the time, even visual, visually impaired people. And they don't think about, hey, this is actually pretty useful for, for someone with vision impairment. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should spread the word uh, and let other people know. Because we have this platform and because we know that people have responded so positively to videos like that in the past, we think, oh, video idea, I'm going to make a video about this. (laughs) (laughs) And then we get those comments like, I never knew it was so accessible. Thank you. I'm going to get one tomorrow. You know, and (laughs) it's all those things that keep me going. Definitely. That was a special video. That's actually how we met, I think, is I had just right. put one out and saw yours, and we reached out together, and, and I guess the rest is history. But yeah, the Keurig, yeah. it brings us together. That's <laughs> <laughs> I think of you every morning when I'm making my cup of coffee. <laughs> oh, I never think of you when I'm... Uh. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So... I definitely agree with you. The community, the relationships you build, the connections you make and things like that. And maybe that's part of, you know, doing something, especially after you lose your sight, is continuing to try to do it uh, not in a vacuum or in a bubble. Now, not everything you can do with people necessarily, but, you know, having that support system, you know, around you. I'm sure your family, you know, your wife and children are very supportive of what you're doing on YouTube. Is that is that true enough? Yeah, and I, I actually I keep expecting them to just get fed up with it someday. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh my gosh, why is this light <laughs> sitting in the middle of the living room? <laughs> oh, because I recorded a video this morning. I just haven't put it away yet. You know, it's it's <laughs> things like that. But they are so supportive, and I keep I'll just be walking through a room and I'll hear my voice on my wife's computer, and she's just watching one of my videos because she knows it helps out the channel, and she wants to help support the channel, and that means so much to me. I'm sure you get this too, maybe, I don't know, but um, I know my kids are proud of me, and Mm -hmm. they're proud of the work that I'm doing, and that makes me feel really good as well um, when they they talk very – very fondly of their father and and how he's a celebrity. I'm like, whoa, I'm not a celebrity. <laughs> Let's not get carried away here. In a very small, <laughs> very small niche of the world, I am a kind of a celebrity, but yes. no. You're a big deal, Sam. <laughs> a very, very small big deal. <laughs> a small big deal. You're a small fish in the, or big fish in a small pond or something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I agree. Like, you know, I remember uh, when I first started podcasting, my wife would listen to them when she was working out or whatever. And then occasionally my daughter, will, who's nine, she'll come up to me and talk to me about something that was in one of my videos. And I'm like, how do you know that? And she's like, oh, I watched your video. I'm like, oh, 
Okay, cool. So, yeah, having that support system is is so key and and important. I I think for people out there listening, you know, obviously hearing your story is so impactful because you're just a normal, everyday kind of person who is, you know, just doing something that is impactful. And, you know, whether it's YouTube or any other such thing, it's important. So for the person out there listening saying, oh, that's great for Sam or that's great for Derek, they're doing something, you know, they've got all this equipment or they got this knowledge or I, I don't have any talent or whatever. What what would you say to somebody who's like, yeah, but I can't do anything like this. How do I get started in, in finding my niche or my hobby or, or my thing? Well, the first thing, like you said before, just just start, you know, make your first video. Uh, it doesn't have to be about anything in, in particular. It could just be an introduction. Um, I was watching a, a guy the other day talking about growing your channel and he said, make your first video, get started. He's like, nobody's going to watch that video anyway. Maybe your family members and some friends, but that's it. So don't worry about it so much. Just get it out there, get it going. Um, start the ball rolling. But the key is to find your your niche, your niche. That's how people will find you. That's how your your fans and people who are uh, of, of similar mind will find you by searching for whatever that is. So a lot of people will just have a channel where they they just make videos about all kinds of random stuff. It's it's I like to say they're they've got ideas on a dartboard and they're just throwing the dart and whatever hits. Oh, I'm gonna make a video about that today. And you can do that, of course, but if you really want to grow a channel, um, it's that's probably not gonna be the best because you're you spread yourself so thin that nobody can find you. But everybody has a a love of some kind. Everybody has something that they're passionate about. Maybe you know it could be fishing. There's tons of fishing videos channels on YouTube, and they do great. Um, it could be archery. It could be cooking. It could be exercise, music, drama, you know, parenting. My wife loves watching the homesteader channels, the people that move off grid and go live out in the woods, you know, and eat bark. And (laughs) (laughs) and she loves watching those for some reason. I'm like, why do you watch those? We're we're never going to do this. And she's like, I don't know. I just can't stop watching. Meanwhile, I'm stuck on medieval castles. Uh, right now I'm watching this whole this channel that he focuses on medieval life and it's fascinating to me for some reason. <laughs> I'm I just I spent like 3 hours last night watching how a rapier is made. How you fold the steel and draw it out and forge it and temper it and you make the the guard and the handle and I'm like I'm never going to do this. Why do I need to watch this? But I can't stop watching it. But anyway, <laughs> a little off on a little side tangent there. But there's something for everybody. And you are going to be surprised that there's going to be a huge community out there that enjoys that also. So find something and focus on that. You know, if you have multiple interests in the world. That's awesome. Make multiple channels. Don't put them all on one channel. Have one channel for poodles. I love poodles and I raise poodles and I'm going to have a channel about poodles and then have another channel about medieval sword making (laughs) if that's something else you're into. But just get started either way. And yeah, like we said, you don't have to have the fancy equipment that can come later as you develop your craft and build your, your, you know, your inventory and build 
major equipment and, and you want to start making higher quality videos and all that. But nowadays, smartphones can take 4K video. You can get a little $40 microphone that plugs into your uh, into your smartphone if you want better audio. And as I said before, you can sit in front of a window, you can film outside to get good lighting. You don't have to have one of these expensive light kits. Um, there are ways to do it on a budget. And you know you can even do all your editing right on your smartphone or right on a tablet. Um, or there's tons of free computer programs for editing. So you don't have to spend any money there either. Um, but the main thing is just get it going. Start something. Absolutely. I totally agree. And, and Sam makes a good point. Uh, you know, he and I do visually impaired related stuff, whether it's education or technology or whatever. But, you know, just because you're blind, that doesn't mean you have to do that. You could talk about anything, as he said, you know, fishing or medieval swords or (laughs) whatever the case may be. You find what you enjoy because I think when you throw yourself into something, you start to find that passion, that uh, excitement, and that sort of thing. And and not that that makes you forget that you're visually impaired by any means, but it helps you focus on something else. And sure, the visual impairment part's going to come out. Uh, there's a uh, YouTuber, I think his name is Justin Holland. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. Yep, Justin Holland. And he's a bodybuilder. And on his channel, he talks about, you know, obviously bodybuilding stuff and probably uh, nutritional stuff and exercise, you know, that sort of thing. But he's visually impaired, so he talks about that as well. He's kind of, that's sort of an overarching theme. You know, well, he's, he's maybe he's got a guide dog, so he talks about that, or he talks about exercising with visual impairment and stuff like that. So it's kind of there. So it's, as I've said before, it's always part of your story, but it doesn't have to be the whole thing. And so just because we do that doesn't mean you have to do that. And just because you do something else doesn't mean somebody else doesn't have do something else. It's all this stuff. And whether it's YouTube or podcasting or uh, blogging or it could be anything, maybe it's something local you want to do, you can do all those things. And so I just encourage you, you know, Sam, like I said, I don't want to like defame him or make him sound normal or anything, but you know, he's just, (laughs) he's just a normal guy who was like, I like making videos. I'm going to make some videos. And he's, you know, done very, been very successful. I think the key is he's kept at it over the last five years. And that's what's brought him success, not just because he, you know, got a viral video one day. It's because he he plugged mm-hmm. away at it. So, um, yeah. so Sam, I think that you know we've we've come to this place now where we've talked a lot about your own personal journey on YouTube, uh, some of the things you do, the techniques, the practical stuff, and really just encouragement in the sense if anybody out there is like, oh, I want to do YouTube or you know something else similar. So, what kind of things would you wrap up here? What what's a final thought you would give to somebody who's listening who's listened to this whole podcast and said, "Wow, that's that's cool, that's neat." Maybe they don't want to necessarily start YouTube, but what's a piece of encouragement you could give to somebody who's listened to this whole thing and is now coming towards the end? Well, basically, you know, one of the most important mottos of the channel is to not let your vision impairment stop you from doing the things you want to do. You absolutely can do it. You just might have to find a different way to do it. And YouTube is no different. Um, And even if it's not YouTube, like you said, if it's something else in life that you want to do, just do it. Find a way to do it. If, If you need help, ask for help. But I heard somebody say say once something to the effect of it's much better to struggle when you're trying to do something than to live with the regret of never having tried it in the first place. Um, something to that effect. <laughs> and it's so true. You know, if there's something you want to do, just 
do whatever it takes to, to get it done. Even if you fail, even if you fail at it, at least you tried and you can step back and say, you know what? I gave it a good try and it didn't work out. That's fine. We'll move on to the next thing in life. At least I tried. And that's, that's really what's most important. Absolutely. And I think that's so true. That idea that it's like, this is going to struggle. I, I told my son the other day, who's in middle school, I said, you're not going to be great at something when you first start. Nobody's great when they first start, you know, like, and I told mm-hmm. him how, uh, you know, I think I heard once that Michael Jordan got cut from one of his basketball teams and, you know, things like that. It's like he, he wasn't great when he first started, but he didn't stop and let it defeat him, you know, that sort of mm-hmm. thing. Um, yeah. I think Abraham Lincoln, you know, he, uh, didn't, he didn't have a huge booming political career before he was president. Uh, but then once he, you know, found his niche, he kept at it and he worked at it and that sort of thing. So there's, you're not going to be great when you first start out. Nobody is, but you just keep at it. And like Sam said, maybe some things like, well, that didn't work and I'm not great at that and I don't want to do that. And it's okay to move on to something else. But if you're passionate about it, I say keep going and, and just do your best at working at it. So, Sam, I'm sure there's probably most people out here listening to this probably have heard of you. But if they haven't, where in the world can they find you on the World Wide Web? If you just Google The Blind Life, you will find me. Uh, If you go to YouTube and search for The Blind Life, you will find the channel there. Everywhere else, uh, social media, Instagram, Twitter, all of that, and even email, it's The Blind Life Sam. All one word. So email is the blind life Sam at Gmail. Um, and then on YouTube, it's just the blind life. Awesome. And I'll put links to his channel and his Facebook and uh, blah, blah, all that other stuff. I'll put links to that in the show notes. So if you want to check out Sam and all his other good stuff, uh, last week on the podcast, I put one of his videos, um, in the podcast. And so you can check that out as well, but, uh, check out all his stuff because he's got lots of great stuff. I typically go and just rip off his uh, topic ideas and change them. A little bit <laughs> to, to do stuff. I've noticed that. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it's like, Oh, that Sam did it. I think I'll do it too. That sounds good. Um, but, uh, yeah, check out Sam. So Sam, thank you so much for being here on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it was my pleasure, Derek. Thanks for having me on it. We'll definitely do this more often. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, I think our collaboration should be called The Blind Life After Sight Loss. That's, we're just going to go. market yeah. it together. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sam. Thanks again. And there you go, my friends. My conversation with Sam. We had a great time talking about it. Him and his uh, bassy voice. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Sam and I always have a good time when we get together. So it was so great to have him on the podcast. We'll have to do it more often because Sam and I love to chat. And we got a lot of stuff to talk about. So hopefully you enjoyed it. You learned a lot, not only about YouTube, but about Sam himself, about just some different things that we talked about. So another big shout out to Sam from The Blind Life for joining me on this week's podcast and sharing all that great insight that he had. Uh, high five to you, my friend. All right, guys. Well, now that you've listened to Sam and I ramble on for a while, we want to hear from you. I love hearing from you guys because feedback is fun. My question this week for you is, what is something that you super enjoy? Maybe it's become your obsession. Sam and I talked about, you know, starting different things and letting them go or, you know, finding that niche that you have. What is something that you 
niche out about, if you will. <laughs> That's not a phrase that anybody would ever use. But there you go. I said it. What is something that you would really enjoy doing or are doing currently? I'd love to hear from all of you guys. You can do that a few different ways. Let me know by emailing me, Derek, D-E-R-E-K, at lifeaftersightloss.com. You can tweet me at sightlosslife, and you can send me a voicemail. And the number to do that is 317-721-1027. Just call in, leave that voicemail, and I'll feature it on the podcast. So let me know. Hit me up all those great places. I would love to hear from you guys because, hey, we've got passions, we've got things we love, and it's important to share them out. So let me know. I look forward to hearing from all of you very soon. And just a few housekeeping items. As always, don't forget that if you have not subscribed to the podcast, you've got to subscribe. It's totally free. And make sure you don't miss another single episode. To do that, just go over to the show notes, lifeaftersightloss.com slash 071. And there are buttons right under the player for Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher. You can subscribe on your Android phone. And that way, you're not going to miss another single episode because you never know who's going to pop up on the podcast. It could be Sam. It could be my wife. It could be anybody else. You just never know. Probably mostly going to be me. But hey, there you go. Subscribe and you won't miss another single episode. And as I spoke earlier about social links for Sam, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff for him, for me, I'm going to give them all to you in the show notes. Don't forget to go over to lifeaftersightloss.com slash 071. That's going to show you all my social media links, getting connected links. That's going to show you other podcast episodes, my videos, all that stuff. Go to the show notes. Check them out. lifeaftersightloss.com slash 071. And finally, guys, don't forget that all the information provided in today's episode is intended for informational and educational purposes only. If you're in need of professional, medical, or legal advice, please seek out a specialist in your area. Thank you so much for listening wherever you are. And until next time, remember that sight loss isn't the end. It's just the beginning. My name is Derek Daniel from lifeaftersightloss.com. And I'll see you in the next one. And another big shout out to my good buddy, Sam Seavey from The Blind Live. Thanks so much for joining me. I had a great time and we'll do it again real soon.